It's not the position you're born into, but rather God's adoption and grace. Rather than thinking we deserve because of our position, our membership, our standing in our family or our history, that we deserve something good from God. Rather, we see it as a gift of grace and an inheritance given in grace and received only through faith. The following is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona, reaching out with rock solid hope in Rim Country, September 15th, 2019. Romans 9, 1-9. How does someone become rich? You might say through determination, intelligence, hard work, and a drive to obtain wealth. And you might be right. But there's also another way one can become rich. Consider, for example, the children of Sam Walton. Just three of his children have a combined net worth that is worth more than the person who is the richest in the world. And they received their portion of an inheritance that brought them to where they stand. An inheritance can be a way to obtain great wealth. It's kind of that way when you look at God's kingdom. In fact, when it comes to our spiritual riches, we cannot earn it or work for it. We must inherit it. So how do you know that you have such riches, spiritual riches in Christ? And how do you know that they will remain yours? We're going to consider that this morning as we look at what Paul says in the middle of the book of Romans and addresses what makes us so wealthy as children of the promise and how we have our inheritance. Here Paul is actually lamenting something horrible that had taken place as a whole for the people that he knew. Paul, growing up as an Israelite, witnessed many who had received a great inheritance, the people of Israel. And yet theirs was a loss, which he says he deeply laments and continually mourns and grieves over. See, the people of Israel had received that inheritance unlike any other, but they lost it. They were actually not people sitting at the table of God, but those who had been invited, born into the family of God, but were now outside the family of God, cast away from his presence and condemned by him and under God's wrath, doomed to hell. Paul laments this so much, he says, he wishes he himself could be cut off from Christ and condemned on behalf of his race, his people, the Israelites. And this is one of the greatest tragedies in all of history. Scripture records for us all the blessings that they received. Paul enumerates on them here. Theirs is the people of Israel. Theirs is the covenant. Theirs is the adoption. When God brought the Israelites, children of Abraham, out of slavery, he reminded them, it's, it's not because you're greater than any other nation that I chose you, but I chose you to be my own. And God adopted them as his children in grace. And that adoption, Paul adds on, says, comes with covenants. Theirs is the covenant. God gave them promises Promises given first through Abraham, their father. Promises repeated through people like King David and given through the prophets. Theirs, along with these covenants that God made with them, was the giving of the law. What nation 
Out of all the world had what they had. God himself spoke from Sinai. God gave them, etched with his own hand, his Ten Commandments, the divine will revealed from heaven of God, his commands. Israel had this, not the other nations of the world. It was given to them. And as God's adopted children, along came with that the priesthood and the worship and the sacrifices. What other nation on earth could say that they had direct established by God, family line, which gave a priesthood, where they could come before the very throne of God to offer prayers, sacrifices, intercessions, and where they could receive word from God who heard them. And what other nation had the prophets and priests who spoke with God like Israel had? They had quite a rich inheritance as children of God. Paul adds to that that along with this, the glory, the covenants, the temple worship, the promises. God gave them great promises. And from them, they could trace their line, someone like Abraham, who received that great promise that his children, his offspring would be blessed, and through them, all nations would be blessed. And ultimately, who can say, like Israel, that they would have such an intimate connection with the greatest promise, that one who was born, a child of Abraham, According to his human nature, the one who was the promised one, the, the Messiah, the Christ, he was born in Israel. He lived in Israel, taught in Israel, died in Israel, accomplished all of his work in Israel, and his message went out from Israel. See, Israel, out of all nations, who could say that they had received a greater inheritance or position or were born into a greater position than the people of Israel? And yet, we read, they lost it all. For the most part, many of the Israelites, though they had such a wonderful gift and inheritance, let it slip through their hands. They lost it, and they stood outside the family of God. How could this be? You see, part of the problem was, given such a great gift, they began to assume that it was automatically theirs by right. That because they were considered children of God and born of Abraham, that they had an inherent right to their inheritance by what flowed through their own blood. And they, in danger, drifted away from the promise and in pride looked to their own worth. That's a problem that can happen. Consider George. George was a man who liked to collect art. In fact, George didn't have to go to work. George spent his time pursuing his hobbies, collecting artwork, and entertaining people. And you might wonder, well, what did George do with all of his artwork? See, George didn't have a problem with that either because George had built, apart from his other four mansions, a fifth mansion that had 250 rooms. And still today, George's house, built in 1895, is the largest privately owned home in the United States. Sitting on a 10-square-mile 10 10 square lot estate, this house that George had built was enormous. How did George get all this? How could George do all this? Not so much that George worked hard for it, but rather George inherited it. See, George had a family name. His full name was George Washington Vanderbilt II. The, the Vanderbilt family in the mid-1700s to late-1700s 
grew quite wealthy, and to belong to that family meant you received a large inheritance. Sadly, many of those in the Vanderbilt family squandered their wealth. See, they, they sunk into the, the problem of assuming that because they were born into a rich family, they would always have wealth, and it would never run out, and it was theirs by right. And so they spent their wealth, yes, on good things like building libraries and universities and donating to charitable organizations, but also with lavish mansions and homes and with squandering wealth, with hosting lavish, extorbitant parties, and also with being people who assumed that wealth would always be there. Sadly, when the Vanderbilt family had a family reunion in 1973, just a generation or two later, of the 120 people at that reunion, none of them could claim to be a millionaire. You see, they had assumed their inheritance was theirs by right and squandered it and did not treasure it. In a similar fashion, the people of Israel thought that by their own birth, that their own self of value and worth, they deserved their riches, and they lost it. Many of them lost it. The Apostle Paul explains how this happens, because it is not through mere birth, or through heritage, or lineage, or position that we receive any blessing from our God. Paul says, not all who are descended from Israel are really Israel. Nor, because they are descendants of Abraham, are they his children. What Paul's getting at is, it is not through mere birthright and position of what you received that you always automatically will have it. Rather, it's through faith. In a similar sentiment, Jesus decried those around him as he spoke to them, saying, when you see Abraham and his children sitting around at a feast, you'll see yourself outside. John the Baptist, the forerunner to Jesus, also forewarned and said, don't say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. God can raise up children out of these stones if he must. See, it's through faith that we become children of God, not through mere birth. Paul illustrates this as he describes a man, Abraham, from whom all the nation of Israel would come. Abraham had a son, and that son was born to Abraham by human decision. That ordinary birth would not receive the inheritance. But Abraham had another son who was born as a result of a promise. That one is a real child of Abraham, Paul says. And that is like to those who would follow after. It is not simply those who come from the line of Abraham who belong to him and receive the same promises. It is those who through faith hold to the promises of God. And so it is with you and I. It's not the position you're born into, but rather God's adoption and grace. Rather than thinking we deserve because of our position, our membership, our standing in our family or our history, that we deserve something good from God, rather we see it as a gift of grace and an inheritance given in grace and received only through faith. A precious gift which can be lost if it's turned aside from. The people of Israel sadly lost that. But God, as Jesus says, has raised up children. Recall how Jesus said in our reading earlier, many will come from the east and the west and north and south and take their places at the feast 
with Abraham. It is through faith that you too are reckoned and counted as Abraham's children. You, like those in Israel who hold to the promise, are children of Abraham and children of the promise. You have an inheritance as a child of God through faith in what he's promised. And it's a gift given by grace and received only by faith. This promise which you have been given is centered on that one who was born. Our faith is centered on the promised one. See, God told Abraham, through his offspring, all nations would be blessed. That one was born, the Messiah, the one who was born to Mary of the lineage of Abraham, an Israelite. His name, Jesus. According to his human nature, yes, a descendant of Abraham, the fulfillment of all God's promises. And Jesus, the Son of God, who is God over all, forever praised, came to this world that we could be called brothers and sisters and so that we might receive a glorious inheritance, not a simple earthly inheritance, not one that can be wasted or tossed aside, but a gift from God promised through the ages, a promise received through faith. And our faith holds to the promise in Jesus. Jesus, true son of Abraham, true son of God, was forsaken by God outside of the family from the Father once for all. And Jesus, our brother, rose to life, assuring us that, yes, we know we are his brother and sister, and we will receive the inheritance that God has promised. And nothing, not even death, can take that promise away from us. You are children of the promise. You have an inheritance that will never perish, spoil, or fade. Who can say that they have an inheritance like you do? Who can say that they were born again of water and the word? into a family of God? Who can say that they receive the gift of the Spirit and through faith in Christ have been adopted into the family of God? Who like you can say, along with all the children of the promise, that you will not remain in death, but will live forever at God's side with restored glorified bodies? Who can say that they can come to God's table now and at that table receive of his body and blood for the forgiveness of sins, a new covenant? Who can say that they are invited to offer prayers before God? Who can say that they have and hold the very words of God in faith? Children of the promise. That's what God has made you to be. But look to what happened to Israel. Israel had been born, just as you have been born into God's family. But they lost it. They let it slip through their hands. Hold to that promise. Sadly, many who are born into Christian homes and who have a Christian heritage or background lose that inheritance that they're born into. The gift received in baptism as they're born again into the kingdom of God is lost as they lose faith. And many, sadly, who belong to churches such as ours, which hold to the word of God, which have the gospel, reason that they have their membership and they have their position, and they belong to a heritage of a church that holds firmly to the word of God, and therefore they must be okay, and it's automatically always theirs, until they drift away from faith and find themselves outside the family of God. When we begin to think that by our own right, by our own position or standing, that we deserve 
something from our God, we lose sight that it's an inheritance given in grace and received by faith. Hold to that promise in faith. You, not by earning or by working, but by simply inheriting that gift, have been born again to the family of God. You know that along with Abraham and Isaac and Israel, you will sit at the table of God and you will feast with them and all of God's children because you are children of the promise. Amen.